whatever you're going through, like even if you are feeling depressed or whatever, like incorporate that into your depth of who you are. Like I went through a depression and it was like, it went through phases, right? Like I went through this thing and man, like I've come out the other side of it and I still touch base with it every now and then. Like it doesn't, <laughs> like it's, it's one of those things that once you've gone through a depression, you never forget what it was like. So, you know, um, you can always kind of, you can always kind of tap back into it in a sense, at least that's my experience. And it was such a gift, you know, cause now that I've had perspective on it and now that I've gone through and I've, it, I did so much growth during that time, but it's such a gift because I have so much compassion and empathy for people who are going through something. You know, I didn't before. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. This title is so tasty. <laughs> it took us uh, a couple of swings at it until we're like, yeah, yeah, that that encapsulates the whole thing. So the calling and the conflict. It sounds it sounds like a great book. Yeah, it does actually. There's probably someone on third who's like, it is a book, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the masterpieces of the 18th century. Uh, <laughs> in which case, good on you. Um, so yeah, this is um, there's a lot that, of ground that we uh, have to cover in this one, and because there's a there's there's two facets to this as the title presents, which is the calling, the big the calling that that thing that is that in many ways life is asking of us. Mm. That's what I kind of think of it as. It's like uh, when we get so busy, I think, and so wrapped up in the things that we want from life, the things that we're asking from life, that sometimes we stop paying attention to the things that life is asking of us. Mm. And often that's the thing that like takes us into, you know, our beautiful lives and all that sort of thing. Well put. Yeah. And uh, I can't, I can't take complete um, credit for that. I believe it was uh, Parker Palmer who I, I stole some of that sentiment from. And I was like, that's so great. So there you go. There you go, people. Uh, and then there's the conflict, because um, when we think of something like having our calling, there's like all of this, like this wonder and this mystery and this um, inspiration and like all, there's all these beautiful things that we kind of think of with with a calling. But the thing that comes with a calling is a conflict or a challenge. There is a, there is a struggle to be had very often in the calling. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't have its moments of like just an incredible ease and grace and all of these things, but that there, it, it is not entirely without challenge. Mm -hmm. And so I think we want to address, yeah, we want to address both sides of, of this about what it is to have your calling, to pursue your calling, and then what are those things that you're coming up against? One of the things that pops out to me with conflict when it comes to calling is that not feeling like you're big enough to be able to do your calling. Like, like not mm. feeling like you're, like who am I to say that I want to do this in the world? You know what I mean? I, I feel like that's a struggle that, you know, everybody who even comes in contact with their calling has at some point or another, yeah. because really your calling is so, it's so big. It's so, it's so bold and so out there and so infinite, you mm -hmm. know, that when we actually almost hear it or confront it, we can be like, yeah, but like, uh, I'm not, I can't do that. Like someone should, but like <laughs> not yeah. me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and I've got responsibilities. Yeah. I've got, you know, Right. And there's the blah, conflict. blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. And I think the conflict comes in all these kind of funny little sneaky ways. So it was good that you brought that into this conversation because yeah, I think, you know, 
first of all, figuring out what your calling is, is not always a straightforward process. I think that at least for me, I could say for me, and I don't know, I don't even know if I've gotten to the core of it all, but I've gotten closer and closer as life's gone on. But the calling kind of started with, for me with like, well, what was I passionate about? And through my passions, it began to reveal itself on a deeper and more profound level. And something that I've realized about myself, just when it comes to calling is, you know, the best way that I can articulate it at this point is to help people get models of true self-confidence so they can authentically express um, their vision in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's the best way that I can put it. I don't even know if that's really it, if that hits the nail on the head, but I imagine a world of people having such high self-esteem and so much confidence in their beingness that they're willing to be bold enough to express that thing in the world and build it and create it. And I feel like, you know, one of my kind of gifts ever, ever since I've been a, a, a child has been the ability to kind of encourage people to feel that type of inspiration in themselves. And I've gotten that feedback many times, but the confusion for me was that like, because my expression was like through filmmaking and acting and screenwriting or storytelling, it was kind of like, well, that's my point. I got to be a filmmaker. I got to be a storyteller. Like that's where I put my attention. And what I've begun to realize is like, no, my, that's my expression. So my expression is like you guys out there, whatever your expression is, but my expression is like through filmmaking and storytelling. And I like expressing myself that way. But my purpose is more really about inspiring a world of people like finding their truth within themselves at the same time doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that the conflict begins at, well, who am I, who am I to be the guy to like offer that? But I got to say this, when I think about playing for like a team, because like, you know, when you play for a team, especially like a championship team, which I played for, Everybody plays a role. Everybody plays a part and everybody's part is so important, but not everybody does the same thing. You know, like there's, you know, like, uh, for example, playing uh, soccer um, is like, well, there was our goal scorer. Like he's his responsibility was he puts balls in the net and we feed him the ball and he puts them in the net. Then there's like, um, you know, a few of us who were other forwards and, and we were really kind of the setup guys. We like lay it off mostly for him occasionally we'll finish when we need to mm-hmm. but like that's kind of our role sometimes it would step in a midfield and on midfield you'd have your wingers and your wingers are designed to kind of move the ball like move the ball of the field you know kind of um kind of hold that zone right the the oh, we had this incredible like center midfielder his job was to constantly he was like a facilitator you know to constantly put the ball and place the ball and move the ball and it, it kind of everything goes through him then you had the defense and we had like our our kind of like stronger defenseman and then we had our like faster defenseman you know um one guy was a little better at making sure they wouldn't get they wouldn't break on the defense. The other guy was very good at stopping them from even get, getting past the line. But everybody had a role and everybody had different attributes and, and things. And when all of those things come together in a cohesive way, it's incredible. And I think about your calling is like you're one member of a team. So my, t- my, my team contribution is like, I'm here to like help you get confidence in yourself and like real true, like honest self-esteem confidence, you know, and I'm building that in myself and that's the thing I'm bringing, you know, so we can express ourselves. Now that isn't the whole picture, but that's my part. And I think mm-hmm. when you think of your calling, don't think of it as like this you need to be bigger than anything. It's just like, that's your part. I don't know what that is, but you're going to find it. And something's speaking through you to say like, Hey, like I'm that. Yeah. Like that calling is like, I like to to also think of it as like, that's your nature. Yeah. Your nature. Like it is your nature. Like, and, and and think of like the, just, I I love this word because it, it, it says so much. Like we think of, we don't question the nature of, of a flower, you know, or of like a, of a wild, their nature is just their nature, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, we're these intelligent beings that, you know, we, 
with these capacities, which are really wonderful. That is a part of our nature. But in, in many ways, we can, we can confuse ourselves out of listening to our own nature, mm. which is so often what that calling is. It's, it's this sort of this charge, this task, this expression that has been set before us. And, and before we started this conversation, one of the words that came out was gnawing, mm. right? This thing that just gnaws at you, mm. you know, and, and so many artistic endeavors have, have started out that way. And so many artists have begun that way. You know, they were going about their lives, maybe doing something completely different. And it was just like, ah, the, there's just this, I've always just had this feeling that like, or there's this book that I want to write, or there's this thing that I wanted to do. And I just, I never did it. And it hasn't left them alone. Mm-hmm. You know, even someone who's heavily involved in, in the creative fields, uh, JJ Abrams, oh, he did this talk where he was like, um, he said, I, he, cause he has so many different ideas for different shows, movies, whatever it is. And he's just like, and he'll, he'll write them down. He's like, but then he'll leave them alone. And she's like, and the ones that keep coming back, the th- he's like, the ones that won't leave me alone after a certain period of time are the ones that I do. Yeah. I remember that talk. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's really great. Like some people would be like, no, you've got to act on it right away. And maybe for you, that is the way that you have to yeah. do it. That's almost a separate conversation, but you know, it's like you have to, to, oh, I guess not because that's in some ways your nature for mm-hmm. him. It's like, that's, that's how he needs to act. Like he's got so much stuff that he needs to like let things settle mm. and that's how he operates and it, he manages to continue to create things. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so many in- endeavors is just like, yeah, things that won't leave you alone, things that just keep on at you and at you in the back of your mind saying, do this, do this, pursue this, go this way. And the longer that we put that off, generally we tend to grow discontent, you know, in some aspect of our lives, right? Until we finally listen and we start to pursue it. The, I think part of the, the, the myth of, this whole thing is that once you do it, it's like just, you know, like the heavens just open for you. And it's like, it's like, yes, you've decided to do this. And now it's all just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. And it's like, no, you've only just begun. Yeah. It's an amazing, it's, it's such an important first step. Like you have to take that step, the decision to actually act on it and do it. Um, but with that decision, pulls in, as Stephen Pressfield would say, pulls in resistance, Mm -hmm. or as we're kind of framing it in this conversation as conflict. Yeah. Right. And it's that part that says like, who am I to do this among other things? Right. Like it's, it's a rather basically where we're most vulnerable personally as human beings is where our resistances normally are going to come at us. Yeah. Right. Where it, which is like you said, it can be that situation of like, well, who am I to do this? There are so many better people out there than me. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know the first thing about doing this or like, there's just, and it's, you know, as someone who's been in creative things all pretty much their whole life, as well as you, Brandon, (laughs) Yes, I have. We can, <laughs> we can, te- we can, we can say that like that, that never goes away. Yeah. You know, like that resistance, like never necessarily goes away. That conflict never goes away. You can feel so fired up about doing something, but sometimes that, that conflict in our last conversation, we we're talking about where we put our attention, right. And and how that sort of nurtures it. And if we put our attention on that conflict, then it can, it can stop us in our tracks. And for myself, it even creates a confusion around what I, I know to be my calling. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck, like I, on some days I'm just so connected to this thing and it's just like, and it just drives me and it just pushes me. But then there's other days when it's just like, I don't know, maybe that's not, you know, like maybe I don't care about that and whatever. And it's just like, that's so often is just this voice of doubt. That's the, the conflict within me. 
And very often that conflict is is just as simply it's a reflection of how important it is for us to do something. Mm. How important it is for us to do that calling because otherwise it it wouldn't mean anything to us. Yeah. Right? Like but and so I think in some ways we can reframe what that conflict is for us cuz I know for myself that's that's been helpful yeah. to understand that it's like if I'm feeling that much conflict about this thing, it means that it means something very important to me. Right. It means that it's something worth doing. And then I kind of get the steam to like stare it down mm-hmm. and face it down and I can continue forth. And then I'm and then suddenly it's like, oh, right. Yeah, this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't believe I forgot. But it's like it's it's like a daily it's almost like a daily battle. Yeah, it can be. It can be. It definitely can be. I, I think that if you find your joy, you know, your thing that you're, you're doing that kind of excites you, that's something to continually put energy and attention into, you know. Um, the, the whole, like, we have a whole culture that will talk us out of the things that actually matter, you know. And it's, it's all about what are you actually going to listen to? You know, what are you going to, you know, I don't know. Like I think about like, um, when I was younger and I was in acting and filmmaking and all of this stuff when I started it, not that I'm not in it anymore, but when I started it and I didn't bother myself with like, what are the statistics of success? You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't get all caught up in putting my attention on that, you know? And I just thought like, it doesn't matter. Like that's not the point because if I would have got focused on that, I probably, well, I don't know if I would have, but I could have talked myself out of it. I could have started to go, yeah, well, this isn't really a smart choice. And blah, blah, blah. you know, and that's what we do. That's the conflict. You know, that's the, that's well, the part that actually gets us away from actually what matters. Well, it's interesting. Just you, you saying that <laughs> it's like, if, if you lived your life, with that kind of approach and attitude, well, then the statistics are abysmal. No, they're terrible. The statistics, yeah. like not just for 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 creating like an art. I'm just talking in general in life. You start out, it's like, guess what? The statistics are terrible. You're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're awful. It's like it's like it's it's. There's no way around that. Yeah. But it's like, but that's part of what's so um, extraordinary about something like. A calling, yeah, you know, is because it's it's somehow it's it's a defiance of that whole of that whole thing, yeah. Because it's just like, well, if that's the statistics, it seems like why bother, mm-hmm. right? But there's incredible reason to bother mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah. And that's kind of like the whole thing to listen to, which is why, like that whole, just I know I've sort of stolen stolen your point here, but going from that perspective, it's like, well, the stats aren't very good. So I'm not like, that's, that's, that's a, a ridiculous way of approaching it is ultimately what I'm trying to say, because the statistics are bad for all of us mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So where does that leave us? Yeah. Right. Ultimately, where does that leave us in our lives that we're living and experiencing right now? Well, I don't know what'll happen in the future. I, I don't know how the world will look, but we're in a time of incredible leisure, incredible, incredible leisure. I mean, like it has never been easier to be alive. (laughs) Like it's Mm. just so easy. I mean, you can fucking watch Netflix for like your whole fucking life basically. And you can survive like you, you you don't have to do Jack. I mean, really? So because we're in a time of leisure, it's so much more important to listen to your calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the Greeks and the Romans discovered this, you know, like like past cultures discovered this. It's like the, the, once a society or a culture gets to a place of leisure, that is when it allows the cultivation of great creators to come and be, come forth. Yeah. When you're in a state of survival, you don't have that luxury. And so, you know, Depression is the natural state. What happens when when you're in a state of leisure and culture does not um, still lives under a survival based 
function, Mm -hmm. you will actually end up with depression because there's not enough to do anymore because you realize that you don't need to like survive. Like, like you don't need to. So there's no point. What what basically happens is there's no point. The the great thing about being in a culture, society of leisure is that you begin to philosophize, you begin to think, you begin to feel, Mm -hmm. you have time for that. And we are in a time where we have all sorts of time to feel and think and philosophize and, and express. And so it's, it's, it's actually life saving to follow your calling Yeah. in this time. If it we is were, life. It is, it is it's your, it, like it literally the alternative is so bad and people are experiencing this. I think that we're actually our culture cause we actually ran into a, a depression epidemic. Mm-hmm. Our culture is running into the fact that the lack of, of expression of calling is making people depressed. And so some people, they, they actually, it, it's weird because they get pressured from the judgment of society and they go, well, I'm depressed. And so there's something wrong with you. Maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe there's something wrong with the way culture is trying to tell you how to be. And maybe you are actually perfectly fine. And what you're depressed about is that you feel more conflict than calling. Maybe that's the problem, you know, but Mm -hmm. we don't, we aren't taught that society. We're taught, oh, you must have a mental disorder or something if you're depressed, you know? Um, and, And granted, listen, I've said this before. There may be some people who have a chemical depression. You know, there's like a, a thing in your brain and it just makes you go down that road. Okay, well, fine. But that isn't, that isn't necessarily like we, we didn't just all of a sudden our brains didn't just start all fucking up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not to say your brain's fucked up, but it, it isn't our brains. This is a cultural, societal, systemic situation. Yeah. This is not just like we're, we're not there's not something wrong with us. The only thing that's wrong is that we're not expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> if you actually get into like whatever this calling thing is, you're actually going to find an excitement for life. There's not, you, you won't feel depressed. Depressed is a, is a lack of expression. You mm-hmm. know, depressed is a lack of expression. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and when we pursue our calling, yeah, it, it brings up, a lot of our shit to be faced. Yes. You and know, then if like, we keep submitting to that stuff, then we're going to not feel yeah, good. Right. That, we're going to focus attention just like our last conversation. Yeah. 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 But no, it's, it is, it's totally true. Like when, when you decide to, to do something, pursue something that is actually genuinely worthwhile to you as a human being. Yeah. Like your, your shit is going to come up. It's going to, it has to, it's just, it's just the, the way it goes, the law of things. And it's not something to, it's not something to shy away from. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It can be an extraordinary challenging thing, but it's, it's a worthwhile journey. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's a, I remember who said it, but it was, um, it was nobody said life would be would be easy, only that it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, though, is like when pursuing the calling makes the makes the the things that you struggle with and the challenges worth it. Yes, it, it's there's that's a great point. There's like because that's where you learn, that's where you grow, that's where you can actually see something happening. But otherwise, you're just if you're not following your you're calling in some way. If you're not pursuing that in some way, you're just, you're still experiencing uh, a struggle. You're still experiencing a suffering and it's one that's of a much worse kind. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, it's, it's where a lot of, uh, I think why a lot of people are depressed. Like you said, like I, this look, I've lived a very blessed life in many, many, many ways. So this is not me in any way saying like, it's just, you know, this like, and if you, if you're depressed, it's just because, you know, yeah, you're, but I think that, I think that there are, yeah, there, I don't know everything about it, but I think for the most part, depression is, as you said, it's, it's a systemic thing. It's, it's this, it's 
this sense of estrangement from our own lives. That's a man. That's a you great know? way to put it. Yeah. yeah An like, estrangement from our own lives. Yeah. Our, our own true self. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not listening to it. Yeah. We're not listening to the wisdom of and, and the mystery of ourselves. That's that's speaking to us in in the form of a calling. Yeah. And we're not doing it for the sake of playing it safe or it wouldn't make my family happy or what would people say or there's no guarantees. Fuck it. There's no guarantees in anything. No. You know, and other people can't live your life. You have to live your life. You have to, you have to live with the experience of being you. Nobody else does Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. you know, not ultimately. Some people might share with it in moments with you, but you're the one who is with you every single moment of every single day for your life. So to not honor your calling, to not honor that thing that's speaking to you is to just not honor life itself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say that like whatever you're going through, like even if you are feeling depressed or whatever, like incorporate that into your depth of who you are. Like I went through a depression and it was like, it went through phases, right? Like I went through this thing and man, like I've come out the other side of it and I still touch base with it every now and then. Like it doesn't, (laughs) like it's, it's one of those things that once you've gone through a depression, you never forget what it was like. So, you know, um, you can always kind of, you can always kind of tap back into it in a sense, at least that's my experience. And it was such a gift, you know, because now that I've had perspective on it and now that I've gone through and I've, I, it, I did so much growth during that time, but it's such a gift because I have so much compassion and empathy for people who are going through something, you know, I didn't before. And so it's, it was like kind of a wonderful thing. And if you're in it right now, what I would say, like my advice to myself, I was going through it is like, I would say... I know this is hard and all the things you feel they're valid and as inescapable as this experience might seem to you in this moment, I would like you to know that the amount of depth and, and, and true empathy and compassion that you are developing and you have the opportunity to gain through this is profound. And there's something in that there's some nectar in that, that will give you a gift that will help you. Um, you know, my experience with it has allowed me to help people so much more than I was capable of before, Mm -hmm. because I know what it's like to feel fucking defeated, to feel like, like empty and to feel like everything is pointless and to feel like, you got a raw fucking deal on life, you know, to feel like, um, you know, that, that to, to just feel like to go through, to face going through feeling like there's no point because your dreams are never going to happen and nothing is possible for you. Mm-hmm. And to, to know what it's like to sit in that shit. Um, I don't recommend it, but the fact <laughs> that I've gone through it has given me a certain ability to hang in the pocket with people and be there with them and kind of give them that kindness and compassion. And so what I would say is like, be kind to yourself. It's perfectly okay. You feel sad? Perfectly okay. Nothing wrong with it. It's fine. And the story that you have attached to it, that might not be so great for you. So maybe let that go, but you can feel the sadness and you can feel the anger and you can feel all the stuff and and you're allowed, you know, because part of your allowance of those feelings is part of your true self. That's part of your calling in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And, and, and true calling to me is not something you can logic. It's a sense that you have. It's a feeling, it's a bodiness. It comes through like a heart thing. And if you're trying to like articulate it, you often are not going to be able to, because even when you try to say it, those words will never quite fully be able to encompany everything inside of you. Even if you're the the most articulate, Mm -hmm. the most 
like the most masterful of the language, it's still like, it's so beyond logic and beyond words. And that's the thing. When I think of calling, it's like, like, let it, let it be a bit of a mystery. Let it be a bit of a, just a sense, like a, like a, like an, like an aura or an energy, you know, one of the things that I learned through my whole process of kind of like going through a bit of a depression was that I used to before, before that and after that pre-Brandon, post-Brandon, pre-Brandon was like super judgmental of anything woo-woo, like energy, spirituality, anything like that. Just totally like that's all nonsense and whatever. And like people who do that are kind (laughs) of like, they just, whatever. But after I went through it, I realized I see the profoundness in that kind of mysterious talk because you, you have more reason to express yourself. It's like, like self spirit, energy, these things are the only way you can try to describe what these epiphanies you're having are because you don't know how to like, there's no, like, like if I told you what depression is like, and you'd never been there, there's no amount of words that I could use that would allow you to sit in those shoes. Yeah. The only way you're going to get there is through your bodiness, is through your feeling, is through you trying to like sit in that, you know, and that's going to be your participation and the words might help you get there. But like, it's, yeah, you know, and it's certainly it's like on, on like the sort of objective side of it it's like trying to describe, trying to describe that feeling through just like, well, it's just, you have a high level of cortisol in your system <laughs> yeah, totally. and uh, you know, you've got a shrunken amygdala or it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. That's yeah. what the experience is like. Yeah, it helps. makes no sense. Yeah, right. Totally. It's like, it's just, it doesn't touch on like a whole, like a massive facet of like what we are as human beings. Right. Which points out that understanding doesn't necessarily solve any problems. Yeah. <laughs> You know, understanding it doesn't fix your problem, doesn't change the challenge that you're facing. Yeah. 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 It was just why sometimes like when we're just like in, in a certain state of mind where it's just like, you know, what you need is, is like, is, is a song, you know, like you just need to hear a song. You need to, you need to read a poem or you need to walk in the the forest or, or yeah. Like just there's walk in the rain or do something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It just like something that just does something to you. And it's like, that's what I needed (laughs) for some reason. You know, it's like as much as you justify it, it's just like, no, it's just, it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, calling and conflict. So let's let's keep going back. Let's keep let's coming. Go back to the point. Let's keep coming. Let's keep coming at this one. So this this calling, I think, um, it comes it comes through a form of a sense or a feeling. It's a it's a undefinable and unclear, and I think an excitement too. Yeah, I, I think that the initial step is simply to go down and a path of something that feels like I, I really want to do this or I want to try that or mm-hmm. I have a curiosity. It's, 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 you know, it, it kind of goes back to our first conversations for way of the artist. It's like finding your path. Mm-hmm. You know, those first steps of the calling are very much about you just kind of going down a road that feels good, feels something inside you or you have a sense for, and then you got to let that roll that road or that, that path kind of reveal itself to you as you walk down it further mm-hmm. and, and you will begin to further understand this calling, you know? And by the way, you might say, go down it and you go like, I know I want to be a musician. And like, so you go down the road of musician, but then at some point it kind of diverges away from musician, but you're like clinging to musician. You're like, but I'm a musician. And it's like, but maybe the path is actually taking you somewhere. And maybe musician is just a part of your calling, not the calling. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we have to have a certain amount of detachment and that's part of the challenge that we'll face mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Cause maybe that path unfolds into something where it's like, maybe you become like a, a mentor and a teacher. Maybe you you know, you start sharing and learning, like sharing the, and teaching the gift of music to other people. Yeah. And you discover that it's like, whoa, this is actually what it's been all along. Mm -hmm. You know, life is mysterious like that. Life is full of little surprises. It's like, but it's, it's like, you're never, 
you're never really far off of it. You yeah. Know, it's like, you know, we met through through acting yeah. many years ago. And one of our old teachers, I, I remember him saying before he left, before he left us, Ted, <laughs> left to the other side of the country. Yeah. Uh, but he said on his last last day with us, he was like, I don't know where this is all going to take you, but it's going to take you to whatever is next. And I've shared this story a few times, but I just I, I just love it. I love the the beauty of what he had to say. Like the, the there's so, something kind of there was something so beautiful and bittersweet about it because it was a recognition that hey, like the, of those statistics, like hey, look, <laughs> not everyone is going to just you know not everyone's going to become a big star. Yeah, but that what you're doing here right now is important in some way. Mm-hmm. And this might just be the beginning of something else that happens, but this is a part of it. Mm-hmm. This is a part of the story. This is a part of the journey. And, but you have to take this part of the journey right now without any idea of where it's going to lead. You know, and I think that's a, a big part of the calling. It demands a lot of trust, mm. you know, and I think that that makes us a little bit skittish. We're not used to like letting go to that level, to just trusting this thing. It's like, because so often it's, it's irrational Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's risky, or at least it feels that way. But no matter what happens out of it, it leads to whatever's next. And then that leads to whatever's next. And that leads to what, whatever's next until you find yourself in a moment where your life is just something so extraordinary that you couldn't have imagined or comprehended before. Mm -hmm. You know, you just catch yourself in a moment being like, whoa, I am just so grateful for everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Despite all of the uncertainty, despite all of, you know, the the the, the heartbreaking moments <laughs> from the times that I was like just hanging on too tightly. Yeah. You know, because that's usually what happens for me, at least. It's like the, the heartbreak is usually as a result of like I was hanging on to an idea of something so, so strongly. Yeah. And then when it went a different way, it was just like, <sighs> well, that's, I mean, that's the detachment, right? That's the, when you're on your path, you know, you can get so tunnel vision and so locked into the first thing you find that you think that that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like for me, when I think about, I remember when I was a, a kid, I was like seven or eight or nine or I don't know. I must've been eight or nine, somewhere around there. And I remember my my parents came to me and they said, you know, like, do you want to play a sport? And I remember just being like, cause I wasn't really in sports when I was younger. I was kind of athletic and kind of like, you know, active, but like I did, wasn't in any organized sports. And I remember saying like, I like to do basketball. And their response was like, well, you know, like, like you're not tall enough or something <laughs> like immediately, like, like, <laughs> It was a problem, but like I wanted to play basketball and, uh, and so they ended up putting me in soccer. I ended up getting put in soccer mostly because my friend, he played and then I just ended up kind of working out. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and then I played soccer and then, you know, within about, uh, two years of playing soccer, I was playing for a provincial, we won the provincial cup. Like we won, I got put on a really good team and then I, you know, because I had such good coaching and just such great players around me, I just became really good at soccer. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, I'm going to be a soccer player, you know? Yeah. That's what I was going to do. And then I remember, I remember a conversation with my, uh, with my dad and my mom in, in the kitchen one day. And my dad's like, I don't really like that soccer. You just use your legs. <laughs> He's like, hockey is a real sport or whatever, right? And I just remember him saying that. Like, <laughs> so anyway, not not that I played hockey because of this reason. I just really remember that conversation. Yeah. But I was also kind of playing a, a lot of hockey at the same time, but not organized, just street hockey and mm-hmm. whatever. And my mom put me into roller hockey. And then it wasn't until I was about uh, about 15 years old. 14, 15 years old where I found my way into ice hockey. Now, when I started ice hockey, 
I was a good player because I played so much street hockey. Like I had great stick handling skill mm-hmm. and like good a good shot. Couldn't lift a puck extremely like well yet, but yeah. whatever. I also couldn't stop on ice and I <laughs> barely could turn properly. So, but I but then I realized well, ice hockey is the only way to have like a real career in in hockey if you want to play hockey. So I dove into hockey. I went full out into hockey. I was still playing soccer. Soccer had made me extremely fit, by the way, because I was playing yeah. for top-tier teams. But I went into hockey. And then I told my dad after like after a few years of like really playing hockey and playing with some great... Because my friend, his, uh, he played AAA, so his dad like basically got me right into with those guys. So I was learning from great coaches again. I told my dad, I said, I want to go to Calgary. I want to go to this high school, the school where all they do is play hockey and they do school. And he was like, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, I had a lot of conflict with my dad if you haven't, g- yeah. you know, gathered that yet. But anyway, it was all hockey at one point. And then what ended up happening was I found my way into filmmaking and then acting. And then my dad was like, wow, that's no career. And at that point, I was like, fuck you. I'm doing this one. Like, yeah. I was just like, but that's the funny thing is like, everything was a fight for me. But every time I found something, it was kind of like, this is the way, this is the way. And then I think because I went down the road of like acting and filmmaking and I defied, I really kind of defied him for the first time. It was like a real defiance, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm doing this. I don't care if you don't think it's good enough. This is what I'm doing. But what ended up happening is because I defied it, I kind of started to become so attached to it. It's like, I have to succeed at this now because I chose this way. And what I realized kind of later in life was like, Soccer, hockey, acting, filmmaking, screenwriting, all of those things have contributed very, very much to my entire path and, and, and journey. And I still love all of those things, but they don't have to be the point. You know what I mean? Just and, and I don't have to be like attached to them. And I found that a lot of my conflict came out of the fact that I wasn't willing to like let them go. It's like I have to do this thing. And yeah. it's like. Even in spite of myself, even when I didn't really want to do those things, I was still like, you have to, you know? And I think that when I, when uh, the reason why I share this is because your calling can mold, can like evolve. It can mold into something new. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, um, uh, one of the things that I'm super passionate about now is like coaching and mentoring and, you know, and, and helping people with that. But like my time playing for a, a really like high end teams taught me so much about what it is to be on a real team that one of the things that my um my class uh, my one of my classes in particular which i'm really focused in this they have learned so much and appreciate so much that i bring so many elements of teammanship into Mm -hmm. our into our group and like things that they go i never learned this before i never learned how to actually be on a team and i'm like wow I play those sports maybe just to learn how to be on a team, learn how to be a good team player and learn what a team actually is. Yeah. Maybe that's what that was all about. Maybe it wasn't really about the sport. Maybe it was about the lessons of the sport, you know? And, yeah. And so you don't know. This is my point. Yeah. It unfolds. These, these things, these things all, uh, find their way into our lives in, in some way. You know, they all fill in and, and it's all grist for the mill, it's including all grist the mill, for the mill, including the mill. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, it, but it's, it is, it's interesting. Like you look at like a, a lot of just like the successful, like artists of, of, I mean, any time, but you know, it's always good to just start with, with, with our time now. And, you know, you listen, like read their, their biographies, you know, their autobiographies, especially or inter like look at interviews of, of what their lives were. And you'll see how just like these seemingly like uninteresting, mundane, typical seemingly or normal looking things that they kind of did at one point in their lives had such an impact on the things they ended up creating. Yeah. You know, like there was just, it built a kind of knowledge, a wisdom, some kind of intelligence that like just, just permeated like this thing that they created. Right. And, and we don't always have a have a, a fully conscious understanding of, of how that happens, but it happens. And so the best thing to do is just to, 
you know, wherever you're at is just like, trust that this, that's, this is the spot you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is all happening for, for a reason that perhaps you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Right. And none of it's going to go to waste yeah, at all. But the moment you understand that you have to pursue this calling, that you have to listen to this thing that you can't neglect it anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I dare you to, to do that as quickly as possible. You know, to follow that thing, to listen to that thing as quickly as possible. And there will be conflict in your calling, like in going for it, but there's conflict in not going for it. And the conflict in yeah. not going for it is probably worse than the one in going for it. So it's, you might as I well go for it. I will say it's definitely worse. Yeah. It's definitely worse. It than has not way going more it. detrimental effects to not go for what matters. Yeah. You know, it, to, to, to settle, to compromise on your life, you know, as far as like what you, what you want, you know. Um, and not can, compromising and can, on like the car that you want or the whatever that that's, that's all, that's all meaningless. Like we're talking about compromising on the shit that matters. Yeah. The shit that really matters, mm-hmm. which is the calling, you know, like that's the thing that matters. Yeah. And I think your, your life is, your life is about finding a certain sense of fulfillment and a certain sense of um, fullness of self. And that's, that's really what this is about. And when you compromise on those things, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much success you get. It doesn't matter who you date or what happens. None of that will matter if you don't have a certain inner sense of fulfillment and fullness. And your calling is giving you that. It's saying like, this is what will fill you. This is what will make you fulfilled. This is what will, will give you your wholeness. You know, it is, it is in your nature to grow this thing. Mm-hmm. And when you deny your nature, it, it's like cutting off your source, like your, you know, and, and, you know, you see this in kids, right? Like when kids, like when they're dancing all the time or let that kid dance, like let that kid, you know, put him, give them some guidance in that area, like push them towards this thing that they seem to like to do. And maybe they go, I did dance for like six months and they're not into it anymore. And they want to do something else. Like let them express because like when I found soccer, I, I don't know, like soccer wasn't even my, my preferred sport, but when I found something that I could do, um, that, that I could be good at, that I could work at, it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And there was a kid, um, who actually, he, he, uh, he helped me get into hockey. Unfortunately he passed away, but, um, man, he had a really rough childhood, you know? And, um, he, he was someone who I was so grateful for because our friendship is what actually helped me to like get into hockey and, and, and go on. But his dad got him into hockey and, um, you know, his parents were separated and whatever. But, um, I remember I was talking with another friend about, about him. And my other friend was like, his dad saved his life because his dad gave him something to care about. And it was so true. This, this kid was so good. He was so fucking good at hockey just such a, such a, a monumental talent, but he didn't have the body size and he didn't have like certain physical things that really like made him like appropriate for the sport, you mm-hmm. know, because like guys are big and whatever. But, yeah. um, the fact that he had something like gave, he was just such an, a passionate person. And there, when he, when he talked about it, he got lit up and, um, it just like, we lost him young, but I would say that my observation of him, like in that time that he was, you know, doing that, he loved what he did. And I, and, and, you know, I learned these lessons from, cause I've, I've lost a couple people young and I just think like, man, if you're doing what you love and you, and, and you're gone, like, and, and you, cause you never know, like we're all going to die. Right. But if you're, if you're going out doing what you love, you're never wrong. There's never a yeah. problem with that. Because you'll be, you'll be, you'll have lived your life to that point as full as you could have lived. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think it was an, it was a really good point. My friend said, you know, like, um, his dad really did kind of save his life because it gave him direction because he could have very well gone down a very dark path, but hockey gave him 
a really positive, like bright path. To be mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've been drinking, <laughs> been having some conversation. Um, let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap it up. All, All right. right. What do you? What are your final thoughts, my friend? Uh, oh man, the um, where did we all begin with on this one? It was the calling and the conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I guess my last point I'll say on this one is that like it's not too late. For, for anything, if you find yourself in a position where it's like you've been putting something off and you're like, no, it's like, yeah, I've had this thing for a long time, but it's 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 too late for me now for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it is it is not it is not now is probably if it's coming up now. Now is the perfect time. Yeah. Now is the time it was supposed to happen. Yeah. For some reason that you don't understand, then was not the reason. Now it is. Mm. You can begin to act on it. No. That it's going to come with this, with its challenges, but also know that it's a path that many people have walked before. Mm. Many people have been in. It's like I mean, you you look back at the the Greek story of Odysseus. You know, I know he it was a fictional character, but it captures <laughs> <laughs> something very beautifully true about human beings. That it's just like sometimes you've got to venture out there, and it's not going to be without its peril, it's not going to be without its struggles, but it's going to be full of wonder and life and amazing things. You know, you're going to find yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to find who you are. You're going to find life on that odyssey, on that adventure, but that odyssey only comes if you follow the calling. Mm. I like it. I, I I mean, I don't have much more to say other than choose something that makes the conflict worthwhile. Mm. Just choose something that like, cause you're going to go through conflict. Life is conflict. You're going to have challenges. That's part of how you grow. You know, you grow through conflict, you go through challenges, you go through, uh, pain and, and it's just growing is painful, you know, but like you're going to live your life. However you're going to live your life, but you might as well live it. And the conflicts you're going to have, Choose to do something where the conflicts actually, I don't know, enrich your life and make it better. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.